Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on tour. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. What's up, GoBundance communities? Welcome to the Grab Life Big Podcast. I'm Jamie Gruber, sitting in for our normal host, Pat Hyben. And today, I'm proud to welcome a fellow Michigander to me, an investor, a realtor, Mike Balsitas. How you doing, brother? Hey, good. How you doing, yeah? Doing great, man. Doing great. I'm excited about today. We were talking a little bit before, like we're in the same state. We've you know had some interactions, but we haven't had a deep conversation. This is my chance to yeah. get to know you. Forget everybody listening. Oh. It's for me. Man, I'm so stoked to be on this thing. I, uh, when I, when I joined Go Abundance in, I think it was July of 20, I was, I had planned on joining a couple of years earlier, but had some, uh, marital issues that kind of prevented some things from happening. And then, uh, man, every day, every Friday, I like first thing I do, wake up, let's get to that podcast. So I'm excited. I'm, I was thought, geez, there's going to be probably 200 guys before me. So there you go. No, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. And for Michigan too, right? That's right. That's right. Representing the mitten. Love it. So let's hear the backstory. Give me kind of your life story in you know three five minutes. But you know, tell me all about you know where you grew up. Obviously in Michigan, or I think in Michigan, all the way up through today. Yeah, it's uh, I'm a homer, right? Born and raised Grand Rapids. I'll probably die here. It's just kind of the way us West Michigan people are. We think it's the best place in the country to live. I honestly uh, grew up, moved around quite a bit. Uh, my parents were pretty poor got settled in uh, to a, a suburb called Caledonia. I uh, graduated from there. I uh, actually had um, met my first wife. Uh, we got married right out of high school, had uh, two, two wonderful biological daughters. 10 years later, decided to adopt two boys from China. Along that, that time frame, we're uh, building, was building uh, the real estate company, doing our investments and such. Got to about 21 years of marriage, decided that it just wasn't, uh, we weren't working out anymore. So that, that ended, uh, five years later, get remarried, got a great wife, three awesome stepkids. Now we have a family of seven basically and a grandchild, which is like incredible. She's like the best run a, a real estate company, property management company, uh, title company, construction company, and uh, sort of pretty much anything related to real estate, um, or housing. That's kind of the field that I'm in and uh, obviously real estate investments. So 
Uh, that's me kind of in a, in a nutshell. I went a little bit faster than three minutes, but... Uh, that's okay. There's a, you gave a lot no. there. There's a lot to unpack. First off, Western Michigan, uh, for those that don't know, is the setting generally for the American Pie movie. So I remember growing up watching those yes. movies thinking, wow, that's a cool place out in Western Michigan. Yep. Look at the beaches and everything. And when I exactly. moved here and went to Lake Michigan, I was blown away by blue water, white sand, not as warm as the Caribbean, but looked a lot and felt a yep. lot like the Caribbean. So you're in a good spot yep. there. You know? Yeah, they got, uh, it, it's what they call, there's East Coast, West Coast, and then of course we have the best coast. So, I haven't heard that. Which, uh, I love you know, Lake Michigan, man, that's great. Yeah. It is, it is. So, we spent some time but it is no Holland. Caribbean. Not at all. We spent some time in Holland on the lake. It was beautiful. But let's talk a little bit about about your, if you don't mind, your first match. You got married very young. You mentioned it ended after 21 years. Did it end at 21 years as far like how, where where did that drift apart? If you don't mind me diving into that a little bit, because I think a lot Um, of guys struggle with like connection with spouse, this, that, and the other. So I'm kind of curious what, what, where did that sort of start to drift and why? So really kind of what happened, so you got to kind of have a whole backstory of, of things. When I say I grew up poor, uh, it's, it's a combination of things. I had a parent, uh, my mother was heavily, she had a lot of substance abuse issues. And um, my father was in an a, a accident, so he was basically handicapped for quite a long time. So that, that caused some personal issues in my life that I never really got over. So that, uh, that baggage got drug into the marriage that if it was addressed when I was younger, probably wouldn't have had such a negative impact on, on things. But when I got, I pretty much started real estate right out of high school. Well, basically a year out of high school is when I got started. And then probably 10 years into it, my then wife got in there as well. And what we started to do is basically we discovered that you know, getting married right out of high school probably wasn't the smartest decision. You should probably just learn how to balance a checkbook before you know, you, you get married and, and other things. So we ended up becoming business partners. And then eventually what just happened over time was just, we spent more time on the business than we did in the marriage. And then woke up one day and just, it was just kind of tired of the, the grind and the fight. And, and it just both looked at each other and it was just, we just knew it was done, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, went, went through all of that, that drama that comes along with that. But, um, I think if we would put more time in the actual marriage. It, it may have worked out, but it was one of those things we said, you know, I think we were married for our children, uh, versus, versus each other. So, you know, she's since remarried. I've since remarried, uh, her, her and her spouse are, we get along very well. You know, they're, they're extremely happy. My wife and I are extremely happy, but I think the difference between the first relationship and, and this relationship is, is I put the wife first. So, and, and she puts me first and then everything else. So I think you have to be intentional with that in order for marriage to work. So great advice. That's great advice. It's, it's a curiosity of mine for, for a lot of people I talk to that, that have disconnects with their spouse, like what caused mm-hmm. it? And I've been a big fan. I've you know, I'm thankful to be happily married. My wife and I are, are, yep. are in simpatico. I wasn't married before, but in a bad relationship before that ended poorly. But the thing that I always think about is somewhere along the way, people are married 20, 25 years, something happens and goes wrong. Yeah. And I think people could be more proactive. We try to be more proactive in addressing things in the now as opposed to letting them build. Yeah. And that's, that's where we were wrong. You know, my, my mom was married three times. My dad was married three times. Um, it's kind of funny, a, a little joke my dad and I had, I was really nervous on my first wedding. He, I remember he come up to me, he says, oh, don't worry. It's just your first wife. You know? And I was like, oh shit. You did, oh shoot. You just set the tone, right? 
but my dad's a jokester. That's how he was. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, it, it's just like, it's just like your faith, right? Being a Christian, you have to, you, you have to put effort into it in order to get that relationship, uh, to build that relationship and such. So I don't think marriage is any different. And it just, unfortunately, I wasn't mature enough, even though, you know, it was 20 years. I just wasn't mature enough to realize that you know, I'm very stubborn in my ways. And, uh, she was twice as stubborn in hers. So there you go. Well, it sounds like so. at the end, it's, uh, it's the, the right relationship for the two of you yep. to have, right? Not, exactly. You know, have yep. one, but it's not the, not the marriage. So that yep. makes a lot of sense. Exactly. We'll dive in a little bit more. I'm curious about, uh, about um, you know, mentioned you had adopted a couple of, a couple of kids, yes. and I'd love to hear more about that. But let's get into, uh, we'll talk about that in the family section, but let's get into uh, uh, the one sheet, your baseball card. And we're going to start yep. out on the income side of things, and then we'll dive deeper on that topic here in a minute. So tell me a little bit about horizontal income. Where is your horizontal income right now? Right now, it's, it's about 90000 a year. How many lines of income is that? Uh, if you count single family homes and title revenue that um, I consider title, my title revenue as horizontal, because I have absolutely nothing to do with any sort of day-to-day -day operation of that. Um, that. That's right around 21 lines, well, 19 to 21. Okay. People don't think about Michigan as like a, a hub of prosperity, but what people don't understand is that Grand Rapids is probably one of the fastest growing, you know, places in the, in the country and it's becoming very mm -hmm. expensive. So I ask very. that quite, or I say that because, uh, we talk about and go abundance being a hundred percent, right? Your your horizontal income covering a hundred percent of your of your expenses. It may, it may not cover it in in a Grand Rapids. What percentage no. are you at ninety thousand? Right now, I'm four percent. Oh, sorry, uh, percentage. Percent I'm a fifty percent. Fifty percent, oh. right? Okay, yep. I was going to yep. say people think yep. Midwest is inexpensive, and it may be less yeah. than a San Francisco or New York, but Michigan uh, has some hot spots, and GR is definitely one of them. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense yep. to me. Cool. Yeah, I think, uh, well, give a quick example. Before the Great Recession, the average sales price was uh, 161000 You know, fast forward, what is it, uh, 10, 12 years, the average sales price now is 313000 And growing. And growing, yeah. Okay. yeah. I think uh seen a, an article the other week, well, it's probably the other month now, they need 9,000 new homes in the next five years for that, because we have that many people moving to the area. Insane. So, Insane. I, yeah. I, I, I see these articles of like top 10 or top 20 uh, hottest markets in the country. And all of them are Texas, Florida, South Carolina, Arizona, with the exception of one, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids, GR, baby. <laughs> the way it goes. It's the way it goes. How about your horizontal to net worth ratio? So what is what does that look like right now? Um, right, right now, I'm at 4%. 4%. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. No, that, that makes sense. That's kind of, that seems to be fairly standard across the, most of the guys that I talked yep. to about this. So, and from a standpoint of your net worth, I'm assuming that a good chunk, if not all of it is in real estate, or do you have it in other places right now? What does that look like? It, it's 90, 97% real estate. The other 3% is just a standard 401k or SEP plan that we have um, that, you know, we run through our company, but yeah, I, I don't really know anything different. I've dabbled in stocks. I've done horribly bad in stocks just just because I was, I always find myself trying to follow those trends, and I just was never smart enough to, to, to figure it out. So I lost, um, at one point, I lost about a hundred thousand dollars in that um, back in my early thirties, and said, "Nope, I'm done. I'm not going to gamble anymore with that. I'm getting too old." To you be, get real to estate, be, uh, you stick to real estate, right? Yeah, what, exactly. What does your real estate look like? So you, we were talking a little bit before. You're, you're mostly in the single family. Give us a, yeah. an idea of how you've invested. What does that look like? Well, I kind of give you the backstory of that. So 
uh, like I said, I got, I became a realtor a week before I turned 20. And uh, so I was a residential real estate sales agent and broker. This is my 26th year. And during that, um, that, that, that span decided that I was going to grow a brokerage. But before the market had crashed, I was introduced to a guy who basically, this is before I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? He had explained to me, um, having your money work for you. And he was into rental properties. He was buying all the properties that nobody had wanted. So I was like, wait a minute, you can just go to sleep and you wake up and you got money. And, uh, he had about 300 properties at that time. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So anyways, after learning what real estate was, I actually started to buy some myself. Market crashes. I had to sell everything just, just to keep afloat, just like a lot of people did. Restarted, started, restarted to, to build that, but I focused exclusively on single families just because that's pretty much what I know. And, uh, you know, I find that with a single family, I get the benefit of appreciation. And, and, and as I've been watching and, and, um, listening to more of the podcasts, uh, the, the more I think I got to diversify that just because uh, along with, you know, 20 single families comes 20 roofs and 20 furnaces and 20, you know, central air units and such. So, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's uh, 20 single families. And then I flip right around 30 houses a year. Oh, wow. I'm no longer in production. I gave up production in 2018 so I run the brokerage. Um, our brokerage right now, we have right around 150 agents. So we do right around 1,600 transactions a year. So that, that kind of takes on of a mind of its own. But um, so between that and then we also have a property management company that um, we get a lot of the properties from there because we'll have investors who they just get to a point where they no longer want to manage the properties or they're just they're tired of tenants and toilets. And so we've been able to pick up some of those properties at a discount over the years. So I love it. Yeah. You're looking for different ways. Talk to me a little bit about the 08 crisis and everything. So here, here's a common thought. And, and for those that maybe hadn't invested in that time frame, they started investing post 08. I'm one of those. You look like a genius right now, right? Everybody, everybody in real estate's doing fine because everything's going yeah. great, but there's inevitably a correction coming. The common, I don't know, thought out there is, in the single family realm, if you've got a 30 year note secured, you know, a, a long-term uh, piece of, as long as you're renting the property, then you can, you can swim through a, a recession or a downturn. Mm -hmm. What created the need for you to sell off everything uh, in 2008, 2009? What lessons did you learn? Um, yeah. So, all right. So imagine this, right? You're, you're a, a 27, 28, 29 year old guy and a bank comes to you and says, Mike, we want to give you, you're doing great. We want to give you a million dollar line credit. And then another bank sees that, and then they give you a million dollar line of credit. And then a third bank gives you a million dollar line of credit. But they fail to tell you that at any given time, if their, their reserves, or their, the money in the bank doesn't meet their reserves, the FDIC can come in there and say, hey, guess what? You can't renew that guy's commercial line of credit. So um, I had built up to 32 places at that point, and all my commercial, they were all commercial lines. I was horribly, horribly over leveraged and all my notes got called due and it was either let them all go into foreclosure or try to sell, you know, sell as many as I can to try to preserve some of them. But unfortunately those values were dropping so drastically. I think the, the last three that I sold, I ended up bringing right around $72,000 to the closing just, just to get rid of them. Total yeah. for the three? Yeah. Wow. Total for the three. 
yeah. Twenty grand just to get rid of them, just to keep your yeah. credit afloat, to keep your just to keep my credit afloat. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. That's that's the crazy thing. But I tell you what, that's uh, one thing I've I've enjoyed about GoBundance is, um, you know, it, leverage is brought up. Smart leverage. Back in 0809, they were just you know giving money away, really, kind of like today, honestly. But uh, people weren't smart about it, and uh, I think what the you know GoBundance guys say, you know, you want to stay fifty percent or under. On your leverage. Well, back then I was well, I was probably ninety percent leveraged because I was very aggressive, and and no one saw the market crashing as fast as it did though either. I think if I had another a year or two, I would have been a little bit uh, better off, but it just wasn't in the cards at that point. Interesting. So, no, great lessons yeah. though. I mean, I hate that you had to live through it, but I'm sure it serves you yep. today and in, in the success that you've had. So very cool. yeah, it's 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 uh, it's amazing to to see how the economy has shifted from back then but there's a lot of things that remind me uh now of pre-crash so i know i, I, know. I do wonder i do wonder a little bit though I, I go back and forth on this like what creates it is it just is it just an increase in interest rates is that simple enough and if that's it when is that gonna happen you know who knows right like the mm -hmm. the idea of of printing money and our dollar still having value in the in the world's reserve yeah, I, I, there's a point that it's coming. It's just what's going to do it, right? We just don't know what it's going to yep. be, no, nor do we ever. But there's so many prognosticators that'll that'll give a lot of different versions of what will be. But we still could be on a run for a while, you know, with yeah. uh, with values and everything else. Who knows? Yeah, I, I would think with the rates as low as they are and the inventory shortages that pretty much most markets are seeing across the country, I, it's going to take something pretty major to to burst the bubble. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. People ask me from other states that are hot, Florida, Texas, whatever, like this is what's happening here. What's it like by you? I'm like, house goes up, house is gone. I'm immediately, oh, like, oh it's, it's the same yeah. here. I'm like, that's everywhere that's literally everywhere. middle of mm -hmm. idaho wyoming and new york city like no matter where you are place goes up and it's gone exactly yep so very very interesting let's shift over to health so let's talk about weight and body fat percentage where you stand with those right now oh uh 225 okay and, you then? what's your what's your height I, i'm uh six foot oh no, you're so, bigger guy. yeah used to be uh actually uh at my highest, I was 272. So, but that, that was quite a while ago, but uh, I, I normally hover right around 215 to 225. Body fat right now is 25%. That's just based on what I, I haven't had any uh, uh, tests done medically or anything like that. It's just been what I found online, you know, measure your neck, your hips and, and such and your waist. So right around 25%. What was the two, you were 275, how long ago was that? And what did you do oh, that changed? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> what changed? Well, you remember that, uh, that TV show, The Biggest Loser? Yeah, sure. It was so funny. I remember watching a guy on there one time and he, he was up there and, I'm, you know, he weighed in at 275 and I was like, holy crap, he weighs three pounds more than me. Look how he looks. Do I look that way? And I uh, woke up the next day and just, it was, it was everything life to life changed for me that day, no um, but uh, needed to. And, and I, 
uh, I do a lot of weightlifting and powerlifting, not as much as I, uh, I used to do volume wise and, and such, just because I've got, you know, I'm 47 now and my body breaks down pretty You're easily. You're a grandfather now, right? You yeah. know it, right? And, uh, so <laughs> Yeah, I, my my goal actually, I wanted to get back down to um, two hundred four. At two hundred four, I feel the best. Um, but uh, not gonna lie, COVID was not uh, uh, weight friendly for me. So, but getting back for, at it, not for most of us, that's for sure. No, that's for sure. No. But that's great. So, what now does your diet look like? So, you mentioned a little powerlifting. We'll get into more of that. But yeah. how about your diet? What does that look like on a daily basis? You know, typically. That, that's where I go wrong. I'm still, um, I don't eat as, as, uh, as well as I should. So like my day normally consists of, um, protein shake in the morning, power bar, right around 10 power bar, right around, uh, oh, sorry, lunch, uh, which is normally like a salad. And then another, uh, power bar right around three. And then I get home and it seems like I just devour whatever's in the, uh, the pantry and then we eat dinner. So I got to cut the carbs for sure. But uh, normally, uh, besides the, the protein powder and the, um, the power bar, I, I try to stay natural with everything. Makes not sense. a lot of, uh, gar- well, I don't say not a lot of garbage, but uh, you know, I, I do have a tendency of hitting a chip bag once in a while. But uh, Burgers are natural. They're meat, but you know, they're not the yes. greatest thing. But uh, it sounds no. so a lot of sugar, like the, those protein bars. Too much sugar. Yep. I, I got off of those at one point because my wife said it's like they're candy bars. I'm like, no, 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 they're healthy, right? And it was like, uh, I guess they're really not. They're, they're, they're no, really you know, you, you look at them and it's like, yeah, it's 30 grams of protein. And yeah. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get 200 grams of protein today. And you realize, holy crap, I literally just ate like a half a pound of sugar. Yeah. Yeah, that's the so, yeah, that, that's the with those, but I'm the same. I like yep. the protein shake, but those bars yep. I had to cut out at one point. How about exercise at this point? What does that look like? Um, pretty much daily. Um, it's, it's normally consists of, of cardio and weights. What's the so, cardio? Do you do just like running on a treadmill or you do? Yeah. Or something uh, like that? well now, now that the snow is pretty much melted over here, I'll, I'll start to go outside and, and walk or run on a daily basis. But, um, I actually just did the, uh, the 10 mile run thing with the go abundance guys. Oh yeah. Where you start yeah. at, you start at one and you work your way up to 10. Uh, that, that was hell, but I made it through it. Never thought I would run 10 miles in my life. I don't ever think I will again. Unless Longer man some, than me, man. Yeah, I could. Some, unless someone's chasing me. So, but yeah, it, it's just mostly running or walking on a treadmill at this point. Sometimes I'll, I'll put in the, the bike or the elliptical. Yeah, I, I was toying around with that whole Peloton thing, but um, I, I don't know. I just, I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet, but I got to tell you, just walking on a treadmill or running every day gets a little bit boring. Yeah, for me, uh, Peloton was interesting. I love spinning. I mean, a lot of people that follow my stuff, I put yep. up these ridiculous spin posts or whatever. But um, I love spinning. But and somebody said, "Why don't you get a Peloton bike?" I just know me in my basement or whatever. After a while, like I'll do it for a month, but after a month, I just need to be around like people and seeing. Yep. It motivates me. So it is hard yep. to do. But if you were able to do ten miles, this was pretty much virtually, right? Like interacting yeah. with guys virtually on this. Yep. That's pretty impressive, man. Kudos to you for yeah. that. I think we're doing the, uh, well, I don't think, I know we're doing the, uh, the push-up challenge right now, 75 yeah. a day. You know, I think it's a lot, but you know, the first 30 days was 2,250 and now we're on day 18 of the second challenge. I'm like, holy crap, man, I'm getting over these, pu- I'm tired of push-ups, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see what goes on next. I'm, I'm sure some of the GoBros will have some things, but that's, that, that accountability has been, been key to me at this point. So. 
Let's talk about family a bit more. We already talked about yep. you've been remarried. Uh, we could talk more about your wife, but I am curious about adopting kids and mm-hmm. personally curious. We have two kids of our own, but we've, we've toyed with the idea. And I'm just kind of curious yeah. if you want to walk us through, how'd you make that decision? Yeah. What was the um, process like? So, you know, we had, we had kids in my early twenties and just decided that we didn't want to have any kids anymore after that. And uh, about 10 years later, I wanted kids and, and my wife wanted kids and we, we couldn't get pregnant anymore at that point. So, or well, she, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. We looked around for adoption, but we didn't want to have, um, neither one of us really wanted to go through the, the cycle of, um, babies. We wanted toddlers and such. And, uh, in Michigan, you really couldn't, unless you were going to be a foster parent, um, that was really the only way that you could, um, adopt a toddler. And we had, uh, uh, some friends of ours that went through the foster system and, um, just had their hearts crushed because they had two, they had a set of twins that they were set to adopt. And the day before the adoption, the state gave the parent back the kids and, and such. So we didn't feel we could put our, our biological daughters through that, that, uh, that, that system. So, uh, we tried, we looked around Michigan, couldn't figure it out, started to go through the adoption process. Originally we, we started out at Guatemala and then Guatemala had closed their um, process. So that no more adoptions, no more international adoptions, because unfortunately they found that, you know, a lot of those kids were, you know, parents were having babies just to sell the babies basically um, to the uh, adoption agencies and such. So then we switched over to Nepal. And all this, the reason we were switching is because um, the dossier that you have to fill out certain countries would accept it and, and you wouldn't have to do redo certain things. And a lot of it was how long did you have to stay in the country when you go to adopt a child and such. So anyways, uh, we weren't improved in Nepal and the um, adoption agency said, well, what about China? So we were okay. We, well, we didn't want a girl. Uh, we wanted a boy at that point in time. And it was like impossible to adopt boys from China unless they had special needs and um, their version, I was very scared about that, obviously, because that's, that's a normally a special needs child means kind of a, a lifelong commitment. Mm. Anyways, it reassured us that their version of special needs is much different than what American version of special needs is. So um, anyways, we, so we applied and uh, we had gotten our first child. Um, he had uh, congenital heart failure is what they claimed, brought him to the university of uh, Michigan, the, uh, Children's Hospital there, and um, uh, oh, sorry, uh, the Boss Children's Hospital out of uh, Grand Rapids, and basically all he had was a heart murmur. He was misdiagnosed. So anyway, so he's he's fantastic. Two years went by, and I realized, well, he's going to be an only child because my girls were ten years were ten years older. So we went back to China and we did it all over again. And uh, we got our youngest son, and he just had uh, basically some hand and feet deformities. So, you know, un- unfortunately, in, in that, that uh, country over there, the culture is a little bit different. If you're, you know, you know if, if you're missing fingers or toes or whatever, you're just treated differently and, and frowned upon as like you're, you weren't good enough. So uh, their loss, our gain. So anyways, uh, I love those boys like uh, you couldn't believe. So, but that's, uh, it's, it's actually one of my, um, oh, uh, oh, what the heck's that called? I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank here. Your greatest hits. One of my greatest hits, yep, was yeah. adoption. So, but yeah. Wow, man. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, a, that's an incredible story. I'm curious with, like, you know, I, I know this has to be a difficult thing for a parent. Like, do you tell them? Do you not tell them? You know, how does that, how does that conversation, like, I'm curious yeah. what your decision was with that. 
well, eh, they, they can kind yeah. of tell they're adopted. True. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them it's the black hair, you know, yeah. now I'm bald. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, but sure. Uh, yeah. no, um, I, on that one there, on, and like in Michigan here, if you go to do adoption, they really encourage open adoption mm. and, and such. In China, how it typically works, like both of my boys were just dropped off at, um, one was dropped off at like a fire station and one was dropped off at an orphanage. And, and there's, there's no paperwork. It's just, here's my child. And, and that's that. So I would, I would actually, if, if, if there was an opportunity for them to meet their biological parents or family, I'd encourage it. Um, you know, obviously there's a struggle that that parent had to go through in order to make that tough choice. So um, I, you know, I, I, I wish there was a way to do it, but I just don't see it ever happening, unfortunately. That's that's a great perspective from your from from you on that. Like you know, I can imagine it, you know it sounds so heartless, like hand a kid over at a firehouse or whatever. But you do wonder, to your point, when you get yeah. perspective, you just don't know. You don't know what that parent was going through. But uh, very interesting, man. G- good for you. Kudos to you and you. I mean, that, that yeah. couldn't have been an easy process. And um, no. I'll bet all worth it though. Now that you got your boys. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> what does your life happiness index look like right now? Right now I'm only at a 5.5. Wow. Well, all right. Give me the so, highs. What are a couple of the highs within that life happiness index? What areas? Are uh, you, you know, like, like the highs are, are work, uh, you know, that the, the, the business type related things, my lows, eh, uh, unfortunately, Family, siblings, friends, and such. You know, like I don't do hobbies. I don't really have any hobbies and I don't dance and such. So I got zeros on that one. But, uh, you know, I, I focus a lot. I spend a lot of time at work um, and, and such. So, and when we, like, you know, I, how have a lot of families work out? You know, you, you get older and, and you're, you have kids and then you have your family and then their kids have kids and such. So, like my sisters, um, I have two sisters that we talk, you know, through Facebook. Or uh, once in a while, we'll text each other. But, you know, they've gone on with their lives and whatnot. So we don't really, uh, we're not really close as, as we probably could be. So I, I rated myself lower on that end. And um, unfortunately, um, my two biological daughters didn't take my divorce very well. So uh, that's, um, you know, there, there's, you know, it's, it's been almost six years now. And I've, it's not very meaningful conversations and such. Most of the interactions through text and, you know, very superficial. So that's why, uh, that pretty much drags those scores down pretty much. But other than that, I'm pretty happy in life. Oh, and diet, diet was bad. I get that. Is there anything that you're, that you've tried to do or that you are trying to do to improve any of those areas? You can family diet, Um, whatever, but yeah. Yeah. You know, so the, the, yeah, the diet, that's the first one I got. I actually have, um, come up with some, well, I actually paid a company to do a meal plan thing for me. So I'm very, very unoriginal, very um, like new things, things like that. I don't do very well at. So I'm just like, you know, I'm going to pay one of those uh, services, have my, my food sent to me and uh, hey, I'm just going to go off in that, right? Uh, relationship wise. So actually what I found is it's, it's, I don't know if this is the right thing to say or not, but I have to schedule. I have to, I have to schedule the family in and it's not that. I don't like my sisters or anything like that because they're great. They're great women, but like I said, they're busy. They have their own families and such. But, um, you know, I, I found that if I put it in my calendar, I'll actually do it. Even if it's, you know, yeah, hey, call sister one, call sister two at this time. I think what will happen if I can build 
consistency that way it'll become a habit and then that that relationship will start to to evolve i'm i'm hopeful that was the word i was thinking so you're, you're it's nothing you're forming a habit nothing wrong you're yeah. saying that is the right thing to say wrong thing it's what you're doing and it, what's gets scheduled yeah. gets done that's a that's a saying because it's yeah true. that's that's perfect what's right gets, what gets scheduled you're gets trying done. to yeah. build a habit through your scheduling mechanism yeah. so it makes perfect sense man yeah. i appreciate you sharing that and opening up really yeah. there was a lot there i know that uh that you just opened up on Let's talk about genuine contribution. What is your give back ratio currently, or just how much you give annually? Up to you how you want to take that. You know that one. That one's weird. I don't understand. Well, right now it shows up as a three percent, and I don't really understand how the formula works on the sheet because I know if I get a paycheck today, I give ten you know, percent to my church and whatnot. You know, hmm. I, so I tithe on everything. But when I put in the formula, it shows up as three, and even that, yeah. I mean, the formula, the sheet has to be right. So, I mean, I guess I, I, I guess I I'm stuck that. at that. There must be something wrong with that formula. If you're giving, if you're tithing 10% of your, of your adjusted gross income, unless your adjusted gross income is entered in, incorrectly, it should be, it should be calculating, right? So should be, but uh, I don't know, maybe I just haven't contributed certain things often. Some of the passive income or horizontal income, whatever. Uh, maybe, I mean, it's maybe so, yeah, but mo- most of that's, um, most of that's just given through the church and, and such. So Thanks. We used to support a couple of food banks and um, obviously a habit of well, real estate once again, you know, so Habitat for Humanity is a big uh, uh, charity that we support locally here in Grand Rapids. So, but a lot of that volunteering hours and stuff went, went away when COVID came. So uh, I think that'll go back up a little bit to next year or this year as um, we can actually start to volunteer and actually show up at places. Makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it definitely is a reset year, it seems, you know, yeah. the, uh, uh, 2020 just seemed to, you know, everything kind of paused, but a lot of perspective gained as well, which I think is a good thing. So, yep. all right, let's dive into some information about you from an accountability standpoint. So let's start with the sure. GoPod. Who is in your GoPod currently? Who are those all guys? Right. Guys, if you're listening, I apologize if I butcher your last names. Um, uh, James Lau out of uh, California, Brian Estes, or Estes or Estes out of uh, Mississippi and Dave uh, Kernan, Kernan out of uh, Pennsylvania. So our Philly area. So I actually practiced and I tried to get the names right, but I can't imagine they're saying Balsitas very easy either. So <laughs> I was going to say your name isn't exactly one that rolls <laughs> off the tongue either. So no, we'll give, we'll no, give you a pass. You, you, you were burdened with a difficult last name to say. So uh, it is what it is. How often do you guys meet and what are you currently talking about? Um, bi-weekly and, uh, normally it's, um, we're, we're kind of doing a little bit of a reset right now. We just had, uh, oh, I can't think of who it was that came in and talked about what their GoPod was doing and such, but now we're, we're got a little bit more structure. It's, it's mostly one sheet. And then what are your personal goals and how they, you know, how we hold each other accountable for that. So yeah. I tell you, man, I got, I got some really, really smart guys in my group. So I, I, I just try to listen to them talk. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty, pretty good guys. So that makes sense. Well, have um, you guys met outside of zoom? Have you met in person yet or no? Not yet. No. Um, I think they were going to try to meet, um, at Tahoe, but then obviously some things happened that, uh, I think only James got out there. So I don't, um, I don't think we've met yet, but, uh, I know it's part of, we'd like to. So I think the, uh, summer, the summer event, um, is that summer oh, nice. event? Yeah, 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 I think that's what we'll, we'll try to. Yeah, we'll try to do something there. 
I highlight what my pod and I met together in Orlando in our first year together before any events or whatever. And it was just a difference, man. Like, you know, getting in person for a weekend, you know, we went out for dinner, went out on a boat, you know, jumped into the lake and all that stuff. Just guys getting to know guys. It's such a, it's, I mean, we had, we were fine prior to, but it was just zoom, you know, these kind of virtual men out there that I don't know. (laughs) And then we got to meet in person and we had uh, such a connection. Yeah. That's what, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I haven't been able to make any of our local chapter. I know we just started meeting on Saturdays, but yes. uh, Sat- Saturday morning is a little rough for me because yeah. we're, norm- normally- we're moving. It oh, Saturdays. good. Because good. <laughs> nor- normally I've got like the granddaughter and, and whatnot. So it's, that's that one's tough. But that's that's uh, that's my, my my important time right there. So but I'm excited about our local group because, I mean, we got a lot. I mean, we're getting a lot of members from Michigan now. Yeah, so at least six or seven here. I mean, you, yeah. The mitten's starting to represent. So that's right, man. <laughs> so, For a while uh, there were two of us, and now there's a there's uh, exactly. A of us, so. But I'm pretty excited about that, uh, obviously, because um, and if you look at the industries that everybody's in, obviously, you recently. I mean, obviously, you just gave up your W two, right? I did yeah. So uh, I mean, you you've got the insurance background, and we've got caregivers, real estate guys logistic guys. So, I mean, there's so much that we can learn from each other. So I'm kind of excited to get, uh, get a meetup with that too. So yeah, now that's happening. April, keep, keep your eyes open. I think I have a date picked in April. Just got to pick the venue. So it's, uh, that, that Philly chapter and that, uh, those California chapters to watch out Michigan guys will be, uh, that's right. They'll be talking about us before too long. I agree. I agree. What about your biggest business goal and personal goal in the next say 12 months? What are you, what are you working on? Yeah. So Real estate wise, uh, for my real estate company, um, basically we are in the process of opening up a mortgage company, and uh, so that that's going to be a big goal for us to get actually accomplished. Um, I'm actually trying to get that uh, situated through one of our go bros. I, I dropped the ball on him, but uh, sorry, Jason Schimpaw. Uh I'll be reaching out again here shortly. Uh, so, obviously, getting a mortgage company up and running, and we want to get our real estate brokerage from 150 to 200 agents, and then um, so. I've never broke the 50 threshold for flips and um, I'm on track right now. We've got, uh, when I, when I looked the other day, we were at 22 for the year. So I want to get to 50, which that in itself is kind of maddening in my mind. Cause I, I really can't stand dealing with contractors. Um, but uh, it's just a personal goal. I want to hit uh, uh, business wise, I should say. And then uh, I sold a couple rentals. So I want to get those single families back up to uh, 20, and um, I'm going to pick up two. The goal of this year is I'll, I'll pick up at least two commercial buildings. So I already have, uh, I've got um, three commercial buildings right now, but those just house real estate company uh, type stuff. But I want to actually get into either, st- when I say commercial, I should say either storage or multifamily, specifically multifamily is what I'm really interested in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'll connect you with some guys that hopefully can help you with that out in your area. So I appreciate right, that. Absolutely. Let's talk about, you mentioned one already, but what are your, you know, you can give us two, three of your past greatest hits. Obviously the first one was the adoption. I think that was, sure. you know, that was great. You know, my, my wife, my, my current wife here is this, if I don't say she's the greatest hit, I'm going to, I'm going to hear about it. But more than those are given. Those are greatest hits. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually one, one cool thing. And I don't, I don't really, I'm, I'm actually a pretty humble guy. I don't like to brag or anything or, or puff my chest up, but from 2009 to 2016, I was actually one of the top agents in the country for closed volume. So, mm-hmm. nope, actually, uh, Wall Street Journal uh, was actually at, well, I think it was 2013. No, yeah, 2013, I was number five in the nation for closed transactions. So, 
yeah, so I've actually closed 5,000 plus homes in my 26 year career. So, so that, that, that that in itself is, uh, I don't know. I just, one of my, one of my accomplishments I'm kind of, kind of proud of, uh, the other one, a little bit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. You're just blowing by this. Are you kidding me? Top five in the, you know how many of them yeah. are, of you, there are people who sell real estate. There's so many top five. That's yeah. Ridiculous. My best, my, my best year. Now this isn't a team. This was me. Yeah. Uh, my, my best year ever was 556 transactions, man, man. So man. good for you. Yeah. You should, you yeah. should be shouting that from the roof. You should be training people. <laughs> I used to, uh, you know, but it, that's, that I found was tough. You, you could, you know, what's that saying? You leave the horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And uh, I found that with realtors. Unfortunately, realtors are they're very tough to, man, they're tough to motivate and they're tough to train. And, you know, there's just, it's tough. I was not a very good trainer. Oh, so the other thing, so I kind of, I kind of hit on a little bit. I grew up extremely poor yeah. and, you know, it, it's, it's fine. I say I'm straight on the trailer park, right? One of my biggest accomplishments is, is I've personally given over a million dollars of my own money to charities. Wow. And, and I, I, I love that in my head. And I, I don't normally tell anybody that just because you're not really supposed to, you know, say how much you give or anything like that. But uh, that was something I, I just a goal of mine. I don't know why, but I remember one day I had just said, I actually know kind of, I remember one day saying, I'm, I was listening to how much money some of these billionaires gave back. And I was just astounded, you know, how, wow, they, they give that much. That's crazy. How many people can I impact? Well, I had a guy who actually, uh, pretty well, well during the uh, um, recession and such had um, helped me out. And he told me that I couldn't at that point pay him back and I had to you know pay it forward type thing. Mm. So I had set a goal and I hit that goal. And that was, that was pretty much uh, one of my, my biggest accomplishments in life, I think. But um, hopefully somewhere along the line, that's helped somebody. So I'm sure it did, man. That's incredible. That's an amazing story. I, I, I yeah, I'm glad you shared that. I know, you, you know, you're, you're a humble guy, you know, you don't feel uh, overly comfortable just opening up and saying, Hey, I did this, I did that. It's not viewed by me or anybody I'm sure is puffing out your chest. It's just, Hey, this is what you set your mind on and you did. It's inspiring. In fact, if nothing else, I think you're adding value to a lot of people that need help. People listening to this right now may say, you know what? That's a good idea. Uh, Osborne talks about it, right? Like the most, the most flattering thing is to steal somebody else's goal. Like thievery is okay. Somebody says, this is my goal. It's like, that's a cool goal. I want to do that too. And you may have just provided that for a lot of people just now. So I think it's important that you shared that. So I appreciate you doing so, man. Thanks yeah, for you just said that what on the, uh, the podcast, um, uh, tribal thing the other night. He said it the other night. He <laughs> said it a million times, but yeah, he, he said it recently. He, uh, well, Tuesday night, I think he, it was. he kept saying thievery and I was like, is that a word? But I'm like, <laughs> he's David freaking Osborne. Of course that's it's right. a word. That's so. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What's what, so let's talk about future. What's coming up for you. Three future greatest hits, two, three future greatest hits. Uh, you know what? I I've, I've kind of have, I'm the guy I've had that travel bug, right? So mm. all, all the way through well, birth through high school, never, never did a vacation. Actually the first time I ever left Michigan, I think was when I was 20. Wow. And, uh, so I I've got almost all of the States done. Um, I still have the, I got to do the East coast and then I got to do like you know, the Dakotas and Montana and that, and I'll hit those hopefully this year, that, that side of the country, but greatest hits. I will have every Caribbean Island and all of the United States done. So I take, uh, well, three to four vacations a year and I hate going to the same spot. 
So it, it's always got to be somewhere different. So I've almost got half of, well, I want to say half, but probably, yeah, probably just about half of the Virgin, or not the Virgin, half of the Caribbean islands done. I have to hit the Virgin Islands still. Mm -hmm. That's what I was trying to say. But, uh, and in over half of the United States. So I want to get those done for sure. Very nice. Uh, East Coast, just so you know, if you're hitting Boston or New York, that's kind of, that's my old home turf. So let me know, hook you up. And have you done the Dominican yet or no? Yes, I actually just did that back in January. There you go. I was going to say, so my your wife, wife's from uh, the Dominican, wife's, right? Yeah, my wife's from there. So yeah, I could have given you some in insight, but you've already done it, man. You're, you're all over it. So that was crazy because they had that island closed down, like yeah. crazy closed. I thought, I, I thought Michigan was bad, but that, I felt bad for those people. I don't know how that economy is going to recover uh, for a while, tough. but, uh, uh, other greatest hit, you know, I, I, uh, this year, um, so, so I've, I've set up my, my oldest, well, my two, my two biological daughters and my oldest stepdaughter, I've set them up with housing in regards to, you know, I, I found off market properties and, um, each of them, if they, if they sell their houses now, they'll, well, Two of them sell them right now. They'll make about forty thousand dollars in equity. That you know, wow. for someone in their early twenties, um, that I, I'm I'm very happy about that. My oldest daughter, she is. Uh, um, we're flipping our first house together right now, so I'm I'm teaching her how to actually general contract. Um, that one that one's kind of exciting. But future greatest hits, I I'd like to have. I will have actually. Every one of my uh, children will be set up with some sort of housing. So that way they're going to have a little bit of an advantage in life. I hope they're not going to be given anything probably besides that. Uh, but, uh, Hey, you know what, you can sell that first house. And if you, you know, you have 40, $50,000, which in a lot in the Midwest is a lot of money. Um, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. So we've got, uh, two more houses that, um, I've got a stepson that is, uh, should actually be, I think he's 20, close to 21. He should be out of my house by now, but he doesn't want to leave just yet. So we're going to go buy him a house to get him out, yeah. put him in a good equity spot and, um, I can get my garage back. So, uh, but yeah, so the greatest hits, I want to, I want to get those kids set up in that, that, uh, in housing. So I'm pretty excited about that. A life of contribution, so, man. I love it. That's incredible. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Let's, uh, let's jump over to our, uh, GoBundance app, which you can download in the Apple store. Google Play, wherever you need to find it. And you have this card game in there. And I just generated a card. Most interesting question I've had so far in guest hosting. And I'm going to ask it. Just see where you take it. What is the most dangerous situation you've ever been in? I guess it could be real or perceived. But most dangerous situation you've ever been in? The most dangerous? Most dangerous, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can I get a different card? Because I'm going to sound like a wuss. We got veterans who've served like in, in combat. Oh, yeah, I you know, I'll be like, well, I stubbed my toe one time. No. <laughs> like, I'm going to flip the card over and I got this one. This one. You, I was in a probably... firefight for 48 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> How about this one? The nine of diamonds here. What's the most you've spent on a vacation? Uh, so the most I've spent on a vacation was $20,000. Give us some detail on that. What was that? Was it just going up um, the street and dropping it all in a hot dog stand or did you go somewhere? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got suckered into doing that. Um, oh, that Atlantis. Actually, twice. I take it. I did two trips. I went to Hawaii for two weeks, and that was, I that that was fantastic. That was amazing. We hit uh, three of the islands there. Uh, so so that you know, and I flew first class there. I, I pampered myself on that one, uh, or spoiled myself, I should say. 
Uh, and then uh, we took my kids to that Atlantis down there in Bahamas. And uh, that place was not, not what I expected uh, price-wise. So there was uh, no Caribbean discount there. But um, Worth it though? Incredible vacation? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was amazing. So I, uh, I, my kids, you know, my, my, my son still talks about it. You know, he's like, you bring him to a water park. He's like, well, it's no Atlantis. No, I'm like, well, of course, <laughs> little snob. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, you know what? If we have nothing else, we spoil so, our children, right? So very yeah. cool. Actually, um, hey, going back real quick, most dangerous, yeah. uh, most dangerous oh, situation. Uh, yeah. One. Well, yes. it's nothing, uh, like I said, I mean, there's some guys out there who've been some crazy dangerous situations, but, um, China, man, that's, that's a, that's not a, that's no joke when it comes to, uh, crime and all of that over there. You don't realize it, but, um, and so they, they tell you when you go over there, you have to carry all this cash and they, they have you, you put it on a, uh, like a fanny pack, but you want to put it around your, your chest and, uh, you know, Hey, sure. We're, we're going to take you to this orphanage and you got to walk through this alley and that alley and you see all these people in poverty and they know you're walking with thousands and thousands of dollars. Like that freaked me out. Like people stopping you and like, they want money and you're like, I don't have any money, but they know what you have. Right. So just a matter yeah, that, of what, so no, nobody did anything, but it's still, I know that. No, feeling, no. I know that you feeling know, of just, being in danger. I was wondering if yeah. China was going to be the spot when we, when I asked the question that was running through my mind, like yeah. maybe there's a story from there. So, so, you know, but no, nothing, nothing over. I'm, I'm a sissy, man. I don't, I don't like to get scared. I don't like to be in danger. Maybe so, you're just such a tough guy that you don't recognize danger. You're just, that, yeah, that <laughs> there we go. Around. You that's, never know, that's, right? That's we'll the right there. Right? We'll reframe it. <laughs> so Mike, where can, uh, where can people learn more about you? Website, email, anything like that, that you want to share? Hey, uh, so best way to get me is phone. Actually, if you want, text me 616-813-5522. Otherwise, if uh, you want to shoot me an email, it's mike at bellabayrealty.com. Otherwise, uh, I think my contact information is on uh, GoBundance as well there, but um, in the uh, the directory there. But mike at, mike at bellabayrealty.com or, yeah, just give me a call, man. Text me. I'm, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. So. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, thanks for opening up and sharing uh, today. Really appreciate you having on, having you on, I should say. And it was uh, it was a pleasure. It's good to get to know a local Michigander. All right, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks again. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life, and I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.